0: Who remembered what I preached last week? As long as he sought the Lord, what happened? God prospered him. This was King Uzziah, wasn't it? Have you thought about it this week? Have you sought the Lord this week? Were you seeking God with everything you do? There is a promise in that. If you seek God in everything you do, the prosperous nature of God is upon you. Now, it's not mullah, it's not all about money, it's heavenly blessings. I'm seeking after heavenly blessings. Money is like water, it comes and it goes, who knows that? You earn here and you give it away there. It's not that prosperity. It is this prosperity of God that I'm looking for heavenly prosperity as long as he sought the lord god prospered him and we saw how a king fell didn't we he became so hardened in his heart and he went up against god and he died as a leper a rotten leper now during the week i thought about more kings and i went one chapter earlier so i want you to open up in second chronicles chapter 25 if you've got your bible if not, don't fear. I've got it on the board there for you to follow. I want to talk to you today about another king. His name is Amaziah. It sounds like amazing, isn't it? Amaziah. amaziah amazing. Uh, and it is an amazing story if you think about this. Now it says that in Second Chronicles 25 verse 1, Amaziah was 25 years old when he became king. Young kings in those days, wasn't it? And he reigned 29 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Yuadan of Jerusalem. And he did. Now listen to this verse now. And he did that was right in the sight of the Lord, but not with a loyal heart. He did what was good and right in the eyes of God, But, what is the problem here? Not with a loyal heart. I want to talk to you today about a loyal heart. A loyal heart. And it says it here. You can do everything right in the sight of God, but the content of the heart is the problem here. You see, when they were looking for a king, the people were looking for the outward appearance, but God looked for what? the inward appearance. This king was found out and we're going to look at his story this morning and we're going to apply it to our lives. Let me first ask the question. If you hear the word loyalty, what does it mean to you? Anybody? Just shout it out. Not all at once. Kingship, okay. What does loyalty mean to you? Doing the right thing by you. I like that. Trustworthy, I like that. Sticking close to? Sticking close to. True. true? Who said that? Yep, true. Michael, it's true. Trustworthy, sticking close. What else? Respect. Respect. That's right. Come on, if, you, if somebody comes to you and say I'm loyal to you, what do they mean? What is the meaning? Humbled heart, Humbled heart yes. What else? Supportive. Supportive. That's it. We all we all got it, isn't it? A loyal heart. We know. Would you like it when somebody's loyal to you? That is well sought after, isn't it? Oh, that's fine, my brother. It's the accent. Blame it on the accent. We love it when somebody is loyal. Loyal is sticking with somebody, isn't it? Sticking with them no matter what. Sticking with somebody no matter what. That is loyalty, isn't it? Can we do with some loyal people in this world? Can you do with some loyal people in your life right now? Stick with you closer than a brother. Loyalty. This king did everything that was right in the sight of God, but, the word says it right there, but with, but not with a loyal heart. So all the things we've said here about loyalty, this king did not have in his heart. So let's talk about this loyal heart. I like it in the King James Version. When, he, when we read it there, he says, And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, but not with a perfect heart. King James uses the word perfect. New King James uses the word loyal heart got the same meaning when it sits behind that would you like to have somebody with a perfect heart right with you right now in your life right now this king again did everything that was right in the sight of God but not with a perfect heart his heart was found seeking was found short loyalty if you think about a definition means to be complete perfect it is an important quality in any close relationship when you marry somebody you are seeking for loyalty you are seeking for a perfect heart to in that relationship and this is what loyalty is it is that important quality that you have in your relationship it is a strong guarantee of a person to support you who, like, who knows what guarantee means? If I say, I guarantee you I'm going to be there tomorrow, what's going to happen tomorrow? I'm there. If I'm loyal, I'm there. I guarantee you I'm going to take out the rubbish bins tomorrow. <laughs> is that close to home? What's going to happen tomorrow? She's going to take out the rubbish bins. No, no. A loyal heart is you take it out when you promise it. A promise is something you hold on to, or loyalty is, is holding on to your promises. Now, whether it's in work, or whether it's in a business, in a family, or in a friendship, loyalty is key to that relationship. Is that right? That loyalty that you're talking about. And listen, listen, it's not just because someone is a family member, a neighbor or a friend, it does not mean that they will be loyal. Who knows that? That is true, isn't it? This king again, when we think about him, Amaziah, he could have had an amazing story. And it is amazing when you start reading about him. He did everything that was right in the sight of God, but he did not, come on, you say it, have a loyal heart. And This is so true if you think about it. Being loyal is defined as being faithful. One's promises. Think about that now. Because I didn't hear that when I asked you. out. Nobody said faithful. But if you think about loyalty is to mean to stay faithful to somebody. Is that right? Who would like to have somebody faithful in their lives right now? Yes. Who has been hurt in their lives by somebody close to them? I think all of us can say that. And how did it feel when somebody close to you broke that loyalty? How did it feel? Did it hurt? Was it disappointing? This king did everything that was right in the sight of God, but he was not loyal in his heart. Now, let's have a look at two things that was good. Two things that was noticeable about this king. We read in chapter 25, verse 4, he says, However, he did not execute the children, but did as it is written in the law in the book of Moses. So, the first thought that you have about this man is he was following the Bible, okay? The law of Moses, he was following it. Because where the Lord commanded, saying, The father shall not be put to death for their children, nor shall the children be put to death for their fathers, but A person shall die for his own sin. Let me put it in context. When he became king, somebody killed his father. And how it was then is you then kill, this is how kings did in the old days, you kill the family members of the king that you've replaced. But then there was written in the law, you can kill the parents, but you're not allowed to kill the children. So this man, this king, did every single thing that was right in the sight of God, according to the law, according to the Bible. What I want to show you this morning about this king is he was reading his Bible. And he was operating according to the Bible, like many Christians do today. Isn't it right? Who owns a Bible in this place? Have you got a Bible? Do you still read it? And this king did it. That was a noticeable thing. He can stand up and he could maybe, most probably, he could stood up here and start quoting verse after verse. Or when you visit him, he could say, I read my Bible. And he can even give you the Bible, and some places in the Bible might look like my Bible. You know, there's so much writing in the Bible all over the place. I'm not trying to impress you, but some some guys too try to do that. They can go, look at that. Look, Look how I work through the Bible like this king did. Like this king did. That was noticeable. And again, the Bible says, he says that he did everything that was right in the sight of God, even reading his Bible. There's one noticeable thing so he didn't kill the little children as it was instructed in the bible what was the second thing that's noticeable about him let's read in chapter 25 verse 6 he also hired 100,000 mighty men of valor from israel remember by now the kingdoms were divided the northern part and the southern part the northern part is now where he went to them he was going to fight a war and he went to israel and see this word here he hired he hired who knows that the hireling does not stay who knows that the hireling is not loyal we are not hirelings for the lord We are born into that body. We are born into the kingdom of God. He went and hired them. These people do something for money. How many of those people do you find in the world? If you ask him to do something, they go. This is how much it's going to cost. Now he goes and he hired 100,000 mighty men of valor from Israel for 100 talents of silver. That was a lot of money back in the day. But listen to this now in verse seven. But a man of God came to him saying, "O king, do not let the army of Israel go with you, for the Lord is not with Israel, not with any of the children of Ephraim. But if you go, be gone." He says, "Here is a here is a problem here that I'm going to put in front of you, but if you go, go. Be strong in battle. Even so, God shall make you fall before the enemy." for God has power to help and to overthrow what is happening here he would say that is a clever king he did everything that was right in the sight of God he reads his bible he he follows according to the word and everything now he's into and he goes to his his, you know his friends he goes to Israel he goes give us some men hire me some men and he pays a good coin for that he pays good money for that but then God came to him and said, You shall not use those men of Israel. Why not? Because at that point in time Israel was out of fellowship with God. They were worshipping false gods. They were worshiping in their high places. And here is the thing that you and I need to learn, brother and sister, that God will not bless that. God will not bless it if they are out of fellowship. In fact, God came by the man of God to him and says, you shall not use those people. And if you want to do that, like people are sometimes hard-headed, go ahead, do it. I want to throw something in there and say, be my guest. But know this. know this sharp contrast god will make you fall before your enemies how many times have i seen over my life how people are craving after the fellowship with people who's out of fellowship with god is it important to be in fellowship with god absolutely You might see people, and if I look over my life, I can tell you a lot of stories. I think of some names right now in my head of people who fell out of fellowship with God. And unfortunately, they don't walk with you anymore. But you see, brothers and sisters, we need to look forward and the upward way, yes? Keep on praying for them. But listen, God will not bless, God will not bless people who are out of fellowship with Him. Remember last week, king Uzziah as long as he seeked the Lord what happened God blessed him and what happened when he stopped seeking God he fell into sin and what happened he got leprosy leprosy is a rotten thing here this king did everything that was good in the sight of God but there was not found in him a a loyal heart and this is good Now look at this. This is us, isn't it? Look at the next verse there, verse 9. Then Amaziah decided to send his people back. He listened to God. Good on him. Tick. Not only did he read his Bible like all of us do, but he was also obedient to the fact. I'm going to listen to this man. He went to these 100,000 men. He already paid them, remember, and he said to them, now you can go back. They were furious about it. Look, let me tell you today, sometimes you need to make a a decision and God sits behind the decision and you make that decision and people will be furious about it. Do not worry about that, I'm saying today, as long as you seek after God and are in fellowship with Him. I'm not saying we are troublemakers. No, no, we're not going to make trouble. But we go with the decisions that God gave us, even if it infuriates other people. But oh man, I love this man because this is us. This is me. He he comes to the man of God in verse nine and he says, Then a Messiah, this is amazing a Messiah. I love that name. If if you have a child next time, please give your child that name. He says, Then a Messiah said to the man of God, but what shall we do about the hundred talents which I've given to the troops of Israel? I want my money back. That's what he's saying. He says, I've paid them but I want it back. And what does the man of God says? He says, and the man of God answered and he says, the Lord is able to give you much more than this. Don't worry about the money. Oh, but we chase the money, don't we? You know what I would write it down? That's the price you pay in the school of life of lessons. Sometimes you lose money. He lost all the money. But that's a noticeable thing about this king. So far, do you like this king? Come on, are you sleeping, everybody? Yes, noticeable, two good things. And let's translate it to the church today. You might see somebody in church, they read their Bible, man, it's going well, and and you know, I'm listening to God when God is not doing it, and I want to tell the lie, but here is the thing which is just underneath where nobody can see. It's that heart of yours that God can see that becomes the problem. And here is the problem. Let me show it to you. You can go and read the chapter this afternoon. It makes for good reading. In verse 2... It said the following, and he did what was right in the sight of God, but not with a loyal heart. And that's the problem this morning. My question to you is this morning, do you have a loyal heart? It's going to get exposed this morning. I'm warning you right now. And that's maybe sometimes why people don't want to hear these messages. It's too hard to fathom. To it's too hard to understand. In Second Kings, we learn more about what made his heart not loyal. 2nd Kings chapter 14 verse 4, and it's talking about him. He says, however, the high places were not taken away, and the people still sacrificed and burnt incense in the high places. Now, what is these high places? This is a, these places were set up by Israel, the Northern Kingdom. So, what happened is they had the temple, okay, where once a year you had to come to the temple. And you had to worship there and bring sacrifice there at the temple, the real temple. And then some of these people up in the Northern Territory Kingdom, they, they said, oh, you know what? Oh, it's so much pity to get down there. You know, we would, we would settle up our family. We had to sell some animals. And sometimes we've t- got to take the animals, put up the donkey, and then we need to walk all the way down there to the church, all the way down there the real temple and then we need to sacrifice there and then we need to go all the way up again to our homes that's sometimes the problem in the church today isn't it it becomes so hard to serve God oh it's much easier on a Sunday morning just to go oh you know what that's fine they will understand but you know I'm so man I've worked so hard yesterday now let me ask you didn't God also work hard yesterday to sustain you but he's here the effort that had to go in to go down there to Jerusalem all the effort to go to the temple so what did they do as they conquered these nations there were high places at the high places these pagan nations always served their pagan gods so when the northern kingdom came they overtook those high places and then they set up they set up there they compromised they set up their places to worship God so that they don't have to go down to the temple but what was the instruction from God you come down to the temple can you see how their hearts were taken away here comes this king he did everything that was right in the sight of God he read his Bible he followed it he's obedient but there is something there that stuck that stuck what he did not remove the high places He took his people to worship on the high places. Now let me say something. He had the opportunity to remove that. To remove these things, this pride. You know, we're going to do it our way. He had the opportunity, but he didn't. And then it leads to sin. Now look at this. If you do not remove these things out of your heart... To make it a loyal heart, it leads to sin. The opportunity in Second Chronicles chapter twenty-five. We fast forward now again in his life. It says, "Now it was so after a messiah came from the slaughter of the Edomites, which was a good thing again. That he brought with him what the gods of the people of Seir and set them up to be gods. And he bowed down before them and bur- burned incense to them." This king who did everything that was right in the sight of God. But the problem was his heart. The problem was his heart. Outward appearance is fantastic. But inside there was something brewing. He did not, in verse 2 of that chapter, remove the high places, which always kept it open that once the enemy is going to come and lay the temptation before him, he's going to grab it. And that happens the same today how is your heart this morning is there something still in there that doesn't make you perfect before god now i'm not preaching a works gospel here all you need to do is resign it to god and ask the holy spirit to help you to strengthen and to make your heart loyal before him look at this king he had the high places. He didn't remove the high places. And when the opportunity came that he had, these emblems of the gods of Seer, what did he do? He brought them and then he started worshipping them. How many false gods do you have in your life? Things that take place in your heart where God needs to be. Now he says there, therefore the anger of the Lord was aroused against Messiah, and he sent him a prophet who said to him, why have you sought the gods of the people which could not rescue their own people from your hands? You see how folly it is. But you see, we can sit here and say it's an Old Testament story. We can say that, but it's applicable. Let's fast forward to the New Testament. We also do have masters. Be warned this morning. Matthew chapter 6, verse 19, he says, Do not lay up for yourself treasures on the earth. Treasures on the earth can become these things, you know, these idols, where moth and rust destroy, where the thieves break and steal. But lay for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroy, and thieves do not break and steal. For where your treasure is, what will be there? Come on, read it out loud. Where your treasure is, what will be there? Amaziah, where was his treasure? He brought these gods back from Seir and he put it up in the high places. Where was his heart? With the false gods. But wait a minute, wait a minute, preacher. He did everything that was right in the sight of God. It means nothing now because there was found within him a disloyal heart. And something which started small here became a hurricane over there. A small little worm in the apple over there spoils the whole bunch of apples. Let me just say this morning, there is no place in heaven for sin. No, there's no place in heaven for a disloyal heart. This king should have known. (coughs) It is true, isn't it? Where your heart is, or where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, King Messiah, if your eye is bad seeing all of these false gods, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light is in you is darkness, how great is the darkness. Now one cannot serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be what? Loyal, there's our word, to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mama. He was talking about money here. Can you see that we also have idols? We need to do a hard search this morning, don't we? The question this morning is, is your heart loyal? You can do all that is right in the sight of God. You can sing the songs, and I see it so often. These people sing the songs of God, hallelujah. It's praise the Lord. They quote scriptures, and they testify, and all looks good. Now, yesterday I worked hard in the garden, okay? So I, they came and sand us, and they cleared the backyard out, and they... they took a lot, and then it exposed how dirty my backyard was. And I started jumping in there early, early. Didn't have breakfast first thing. And all my way to go and drop the rubbish at the rubbish tip, I walked, and there was uh, uh, pears, brown pears. And I thought, look, there's no time. I asked my beautiful wife to make a few toasts for us, but it wasn't going to be in time. So I grabbed one of the pears, and it was good. It felt a little bit soft. And I jumped in the car, and there I was driving, thirsty hungry everything and I had the spare car full of cardboard boxes and everything and I feel good man and I started eating on the spare but you know that well they say we shouldn't do it you should concentrate both hands on the steering wheel but there I was I'm guilty I repent okay I had one hand and I had the spare and started eating on it and it was good the first few bites but something in my mind said to me look at the pear. Because I took a nice big bite. Hmm? And something in my mind said, just have a look at the pear. I don't know what it is. And when I looked down, it was rotten. How big the disappointment. What did I do? Did I chomp away? And No, no. What do you do first time if you bite into something rotten? You spit it out. That's it. I go, huh? I go, ah, ha, ha, ha. What do I do now? You know, We're sitting there, and now now it becomes. This is it, brothers and and sisters. You know what? A disloyal heart is like that. It comes in, and it makes the whole heart rotten, and somebody comes to you, and they want to have fellowship with you, and what do they bite in In all of your rottenness? Man, if it just opens up all of this ugliness coming out. But on the outside, it looked good. Watch out for that. Sometimes it starts just with just with a, a seed, just a small seed of, uh, of discontentment, and that discontentment grow a little bit, grow a little bit, grow a little bit, and then it becomes in this heart this loyalty. It breaks it up, and we see it here. You see, uh, the foreign masters caused us to worship false gods. Look at this now. Jesus turns to the Pharisees and look at this word now he uses here in verse 15 he says to them hypocrites hypocrites who knows what's a hypocrite it's an actor that's what the word literally means you actors you act somebody who you are not he says hypocrites well did isaiah the prophet say that these people draw near to me with their mouths and honor me with their lips. Hallelujah. Oh, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. This is what he's saying. Oh, yes. And they go, wow, look at that guy. The way he's waving his arms, man. He must be a godly man. Some goes like this and it looks good. This is what he saying. He says, these people draw near with their mouths and honor me with their lips. But what is it? What does he say? But, there's that theological word of us. What does it mean? Sharp contrast. But, their heart is far from me. In other words, there's this loyalty found in the hearts like this king of Messiah. And in vain they worship me. That is terrible. Teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. But you see, I'm not surprised because we are living in times of disloyalty. We're living in the like, Laodicea age. Look at this. In Revelation chapter 3, verse 14, we find the same thing. It's, it's right through the Bible. And to the angel of the church of Laodicea write, these right. things: says, the aim of the faithful, the truth, and the beginning of the creation of God. He says in verse 15, Revelation 3, 15, I know your works. Now, I wonder if he writes this to King Amaziah. What will you say? He did everything that was right in the sight of God. I know your works, that you are neither not or called he says here we go you are not hot and you're not cold i could wish that you were either cold or hot so then because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot i will vomit you out of my mouth what happened when i bit into that bear and i saw the rottenness in there what happened you said it then <laughs> i'm not going to eat this yucky gunky stuff I mean, if you love that, I've got a lot of beers now, okay? You can come to my house and I can give you some. If you love that kind of thing, I don't. Oh, here the word says that because you are not hot nor cold. You get those Christians, don't you? Man, sometimes they're so on fire for God. They're hot. Oh, pastor, what can we do, man? This and wow. It's all good. But a week later, they go cold i go man can we just catch you on 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 the on the way down when you lukewarm and he says no no we don't want the lukewarms either with you hot or cold and then this is the part now because you say because you say i'm rich on the outside you see we've become wealthy enough need of nothing that's the church right now and do not know that you are wretched miserable poor blind and naked now let me finish this morning by saying we see this king that he did everything that was right in the sight of God but he was not loyal in his heart let me tell you about somebody who's loyal we serve a God who's a loyal God who can say amen to that Deuteronomy 7 verse 9 therefore know that the Lord your God I like those words the Lord your God the Lord your God the Lord there is the title the title, it's a deity title of your God, Elohim. It's a three-part God. He says He is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and mercy for thousands of generations with those who love Him and keep his commandments that's a verse that you should write down that you should take and learn it off by heart and then whenever you feel down and depressed and whenever you feel this whole world is against you you read this word because if the world turns his back on you there's one who will stick with you who's that it is God he is faithful he is faithful he's a faithful God who keeps his command uh, covenant and mercy for a thousand generations. How many generations are you now since he said that? Not even close to a thousand. How wonderful is it to have a faithful God? What a friend we have in Jesus. What a friend we have in Jesus. Hey, think about that. Don't call me friend if you can call him friend. Call him rather friend than me. Look, let me tell you, brother and sister, we fail. We are, more, we are humans. We are people. We fail. I say I'll be there tomorrow, and what happens? I get a tire, a flat tire, or something happens along the way, and I don't turn up, and you're disappointed. Yes, but he never gets a flat tire. Have you noticed? He never gets stuck somewhere in a, in, in a back room. He's never too busy. He's always there for you. He's a faithful God. Can you shout Amen. He's a faithful God. He's the God we serve. He's the God I serve. He's the one I want with me next in my car when I drive wherever I go. He's the one I want when I walk into my office and sit at my desk. He's the one when I go and play some ball in a park somewhere. He's the one I want with me all the way. He's the one I want there when I need to give somebody advice about his life. He's the one I want there when I make a big decision about my life. He's the one, he's the one, the only one who's a faithful God. And we should be rejoicing in that. He's not like this king who did everything right but was found disloyalty in his heart. Let me share one verse with you because there's a call upon you and me this morning. Everybody who hear my voice here and whether it goes on the net. Joshua 24 verse 14, Now therefore fear the Lord, serve Him in sincerity and in truth. In sincerity and in truth. When I asked you earlier, there's some of you who said sincerity. But this is loyalty. Serve him loyal, sincere and truthfully. And put away the guards. Oh, if King Amaziah could have listened to this put away the gods. go and burn on the high places, the places of fellowship, because it's going to cause you problems, let me translate it to you, in your heart this morning, if you're looking there, and there's anything in there that's keeping you away from serving God, anything, how minute it might look, get rid of it, get rid of it, this is what this verse says, now I'm again not preaching works, I'm not saying that you're going to walk out and say, oh, I'm going to be a good boy now for the next week because you're going to fail tomorrow. The way you do this is you come before God, you repent of that, and you throw it out in front of Him and you say, oh, Holy Spirit, help me. Help me to burn down these high places. And put away the gods of your, which your father served on the other side of the river and in Egypt. Serve the Lord. Serve the Lord. How do we serve the Lord? Everything we've got, we serve the Lord. Give Him everything. Here here in in, in the book of uh, Corinthians, chapter 12, verse 1, Paul, you can go and read that. Paul says, I beseech you, brethren. He uses the word beseech to give your lives as a living sacrifice, a living sacrifice to Him. That's what he says. What is a living sacrifice? What is a sacrifice? Let me ask. It's an offering. If you give sometimes a suffering, what does it mean? It means you give it to die. Yes? Otherwise, what is a sacrifice else? A sacrifice costs you something. That's what a sacrifice is. And here Paul says it. He says, I beseech you, I urge you to give your what? Your bodies as a living sacrifice. Or some people say, oh, I'll serve the Lord when I'm kaput, when I'm dead. Then I'm going to serve, man, then you should see me. I'm going to serve the Lord when I'm old. But I want to enjoy my young life. When I'm old, man, I'm gonna, man, man, when I go put and I'm not here anymore, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna be with David and the angels and sing to him, and then I'm gonna dance like a king. And whoa, it's gonna be great. No, no. He says, when you're alive, now that you can do something on this earth, give your body as a living sacrifice to God. Here in the Old Testament, he says, serve the Lord, that's how you serve him. And in verse 15 he says, And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the river's gods, but make a decision, that's what he says, in whose land you will dwell. He says make a decision who you will serve. Man, your family is going to come after you. Let me tell you that this morning. You're going to decide to serve God and the family is going to pull you back to the the religion of the fathers. Own, listen, let me tell you, we ain't, we ain't in a religion. We're in a relationship with Jesus Christ. That cuts you free from all religions. But these days, listen to me, it's coming. There is a big apostasy coming in the church. And you know the biggest thing is they pull people who were in freedom back under religion. They're bringing me back into all these old churches. Oh, you've got to do this thing religiously before God is going to bless you. That is a lot of nonsense. Let me tell you, there's freedom in Christ. There's freedom in Christ. He set us free from all of that. Oh, here uh, Paul writes to to the Galatians, to a church in Galatia. He writes to them these words. This is not on the board, brothers. I'm just overflowing now. I hope it's okay. I'm going to do it anyway. He writes to these people in Galatians. He says, oh, you foolish. He uses the word. Go and teach me. Foolish Galatians. He said, you start in the spirit, which is freedom in Christ, And now you're brought under the law again. Let me tell you, brother and sister, be careful, be aware. We who are here today, you can hear my voice today, be careful not to be pulled into somebody else's religion. You are sitting here this morning because you are free in Christ. I pray so, I pray so out of my whole heart this morning as you sit here under the freedom of Christ. Sit and continue in that, but serve the Lord. And do introspection into your heart to have a loyal heart before him. Let it not be found in you that you've got high places still sitting there. This man says, make a decision. Don't become like this the, this time we're in now lukewarm. Oh, then I'm then I'm gonna serve God. That's just South African of just I'm gonna hang in the balance there. Did you catch that, Peter? I suppose the Afrikaans there for you. Oh, you know, it's, I'm just going to do it now. I'm on fire for God. And then tomorrow I'm serving other gods. Other gods. Because he will understand. He understands we are not living in those days anymore. We're living in the new times now. No, no. No, no. Stay with God. Serve God with your whole heart. This is what he says right there. Serve Him in sincerity and in truth. He says, but if you do decide to do not to do it, walk away. Walk away. And some churches are not going to preach that for you because they want you to sit and pay tithing. They won't say these words that I'm saying to you today. Walk away. This is what the Bible says. But they make a decision. If you're not going to serve God, walk. Go. Then he says these words. And that's what I'm finishing with. And I pray that God through his Holy Spirit burns in your heart this morning. Oh, he surely tasted my heart already. But... What is that word? There's our theological word. You can go to the theologians now and say, man, I've learned something about theology. They go, what is that? I've learned the the meaning of the word but. What does it mean? (laughs) You know. (laughs) Sharp contrast. But as for me and my house, what will we do? We will serve the Lord. We will serve the Lord. Come to my house, I've got this verse in Afrikaans in our guest toilet. And it's amazing when my Kiwi friends and Aussie friends over the years and, and you know, friends that we had, and when they go into our toilet, they come back and they say, what does that mean, that word's there? He says, we've made a decision in this house to serve the Lord. Amen! Hallelujah! Amen! So, brother and sister, this morning I give to you that. Mark chapter 8 verse 34 our lord himself when he had called the people to himself as he's doing this morning and with his disciples also he said to them whoever decides to come after me have you decided to come after christ can you just shake or show some kind of way that i know have you decided to go after christ and follow him he says the following let him deny himself Let him deny himself. That means in your heart you go and you see all of these high places that you've built in your heart. The places of worship for false gods and all of these other things. You need to deny that. That is what that means. Denying your pleasures, yourself, pleasures and everything. Take up his cross and follow me. Follow me. This king. That everything that was right in the sight of God. You can sit here this morning and do everything that's right in the sight of God. You can fool me. You can fool your husband, your wife, your children. But you can't fool God. And you cannot fool yourself. So this morning, why don't you rip your heart open? Do it physically. We're in the right place, though. If you do that, we're in the right place, okay? I thought I'd throw it in there, okay? We can make provisions if you want to physically do that. I want to tell you if you physically rip it open, you will die, okay? We'll take you to the back here. You know. Let's not go there. Spiritually open it up and say, Lord, look into my heart. I want to give you permission through your Holy Spirit to go to the high places in my heart, the places that's been set up not to serve God but to serve self, and burn them with the Holy Spirit burn them with the Holy Spirit because let me warn you when John the Baptist saw him he says after me comes one who will baptize you in fire it's a judgment Heavenly Father I thank you this morning for your words I thank you Lord that we can search this morning through your words in our hearts Father I don't want to be found that I did everything that was right in your sight and then and then come to the point where the word is written about being seized but his heart was not loyal to you help us Holy Spirit help us Holy Spirit to identify the high places in your hearts those high places Lord that doesn't belong there which eventually is going to lead to sin and through sin breaking of fellowship with you Father, I want to be in fellowship with you.